0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. You know, one of the most difficult people to be with during a challenge is probably ourselves. And one of the things that happens is we find those many layers of ourselves, and we discover or rediscover our own secrets. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about secrets today today. And I want to begin by sharing some words from the author Frederick Biechner on the great paradox of secrets. He says Secrets tell what is perhaps the central paradox of our condition that we hunger, what we hunger for perhaps more than anything else, is to be known in our full humanness. And yet that is often just what we also fear more than anything else. He adds I not only have my secrets, I am my secrets. And you are your secrets. Our secrets are human secrets, and our trusting each other enough to share them with each other has much to do with the secret of what it means to be human. And isn't that an interesting paradox, this idea that the thing that we may fear most to share with ourselves or anybody else is also perhaps at the same time the thing that we long to express the most. And for me, there are three types of secrets. The first have to do with our stories. It's not necessarily the stories that we tell ourselves or the experiences that we had. It's all the beliefs that build up over time about those experiences and about those stories. For Biechner, part of why he was writing what he just shared is that when he was nine years old, his father committed suicide. And this created a secret in his life. Not only did he have to lose his father, but he had to deal with the the taboo of not being able to bring up his father, of not wanting to upset his mother, of not wanting to feel guilty for uh, his father perhaps not wanting him and feeling abandoned. It could be the shortest experience, but it can cause us to feel like we're getting lost along the way. One of my favorite odd couple pairings of the last several years is actually a a political one uh, between the Republican political strategist, Karl Rove, and the Democratic political strategist, David Axelrod, who shared a secret together. The secret that they shared was that both of, of their parents, they had both lost parents to suicide. Axelrod, when he was a teenager, lost his father, and Rove's mother committed suicide in her early 1950s. And they both shared together the feelings of guilt, the inability to feel it was safe to talk about the loss of their loved ones, and the ability to live on and move on. But I love something that Rove shared. He says To those who contemplate suicide, realize the world won't be better for your absence. There will be a child, spouse, or parent, a colleague or coworker, neighbor, or friend who will miss you more than you know. Despair could be overwhelming. But it is not permanent. We all need others to walk beside us in difficult moments. And remember, you are precious in the eyes of God and those who love you. I'm sure we all understand that one of the byproducts of this challenge that we're going through is is deep depression. Many of us are alone. And it reminds me of something that our own Dr. Raz shares about recovery. He says that addiction happens in isolation, yet recovery happens in community. It's so important to know that even if you're having a difficult time that you're loved that you're cared for and even if we have to connect digitally we have this community together we're all in this together The second kind of secret has to do with the hidden beliefs that come from these experiences that we sometimes hide even from ourselves I want to share with you today that that's my belief that we can't not share our secrets. Whether we honestly express them to someone or they come out by accident and how we relate with one another. Either we share them authentically or we express them inauthentically. So it's so important to become aware and to stay mindful of these hidden beliefs when they come up. For me, that means admitting to myself my own secrets when I see them. To take that moment to pause and to admit to myself that there's part of me that feels unlovable. To pause and to realize at times there's a part of me that comes forth that worries if I'm a good enough father or a good enough husband. There's part of me in this wide seeming mess of what's going on that has to admit that there's part of me that's afraid, that's in doubt for humanity. And yet it's when I admit these secrets to myself or to people that I trust that they come into light and I can see that they're not the truth of who I am, that I am loved, that I can always be a better husband and father, but I do a pretty good job here or there, and that we as human beings have the resilience within us to tell our secrets, to honor where we've made mistakes, but to step fully into that power and truth of who we are. And this leads me to the third kind of secret which is the main heart of my message to you today. It has to do with the divine secrets, the inner truth of each one of us. One of the oldest historical pieces of the Holy Bible is the Psalms. And the Psalms, scholars believe, uh, go way back to the early oral tradition of the Hebrew people. And we have this beautiful word for the divine in there, the secret place of the Most High. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What is the secret place of the Most High? Why is it so secret? The answer is because the secret place of the Most High is found, cultivated, and developed within each one of us. Why is it a secret? Because at different times in our history, it could be blasphemous to say, I believe that God is within me, that God is in all people. It could be seen as hubris or egotistical to say, I am an expression of love and I dedicate my life to caring and compassion. It could seem egotistical to say, I'm not broken. I don't need fixing. I am whole, perfect, valuable, precious, just the way that I am. These are the kind of divine secrets that I'm talking about today. And it's time that they become not so secret anymore. Jesus alluded to these divine secrets. When he would say things in the gospel of Mark. Like for those who have ears. Let them hear. He wasn't talking about listening. He was talking about understanding. The secret place of the most high within us. When he encouraged his followers to pray in the closet. What he wasn't necessarily saying to me was. Be humble in your prayer. But go to that place where you can speak. Speak your divine secrets, without fearing retribution or judgment. The most important thing for each one of us at this time, right here and right now, is to be aware of the divine secret within ourselves and begin to admit it to ourselves, to begin to know it for all of society around us. And we do that through our spiritual practice. That's where we meet that great almighty at the secret of place of the most high within us through meditation, through prayer, through contemplating the facts of life from the highest point of view. That's where we connect. There's a couple great Sufi quotes about this that I want to share with you this morning. Ahmed Akhtif, who said, let the eye of your heart be opened that you may see the spirit and behold invisible things. And from Al Ghazali Dear friend, your heart is a polished mirror. You must wipe it clean of the veil of dust that is gathered upon it, because it is destined to reflect the light of divine secrets. That's part of our job right now, my friends. Keep polishing your heart so that it can tell the story of your divine secrets. I have a question for you today. For those online, I'd love to hear your answer on Facebook or Vimeo, and it's, what's your Bible? In other words, what's that text or whatever it is that you go to when you're having a tough time to remind you of the spiritual truth of who you are? It could be the Bible. It might be the Harry Potter books. It could be whatever that go-to is for you. Um, I know Tom Litch's is Eckhart Tolle. Uh, Michelle, what's yours? illusions by Richard Bach. Dr. Barry, kind of a Bible guy. you're kind of a Bible dude. Good for you. Dr. Patty, how about for you? Science of, Mind Science of Mind textbook. Well, my my answer, and there's so many I love, the Tao Te Ching, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Shunru Suzuki. I've read a hundred times, but my real favorite is this book, This Thing Called You by Ernest Holmes, written in the 1940s, nearing the end of his career. Um, I love the Science of Mind textbook, but There's something about this book for me that I go to in times of trouble because it speaks of such a mature and powerful truth. Uh, Michelle was alluding to this earlier, but Holmes lived through perhaps the most difficult times in human history. And sometimes people dismiss our philosophy as kind of a naive positivity. But I want to remind you today that it's a bold positivity. It's a courageous positivity. Dr. Holmes, as Michelle alluded to, began his ministry right in the middle of World War I. He confronted what was called the Spanish flu, which some of us have been reading about in the news that killed over 650,000 Americans. The 20s sound like they were okay, but in the 30s, you had the Great Depression. Then World War II, the time when we lost more human beings than any other time in human history. Then you had the creation during World War II of the atom bomb, humankind's first ability to recognize that it could destroy itself. Holmes didn't talk a lot about these situations. He just responded to them with this bold positivity. And that's where I think this book, This Thing Called You, was born. Because recognizing that first time that humankind could destroy itself, he also realized that it could only be humankind that could save itself. He shares, knowing that good alone is real. I know that there is one power which acts and reacts in my experience, in my body, and in my thought. I know that God alone has power either to act or react. Everything that I do, say, or think today shall be done, said, or thought from the spiritual viewpoint that God, who is life, is in everything. I know that this recognition establishes the law of harmony in my experience, the law of prosperity, a sense of happiness, peace, health, and joy. Today, I hold communion with this invisible presence, which peoples the world with the manifestations of its life, its light, and its love. I withdraw the veil which hides my real self and draw close to the Spirit in everything and everyone. I accept everything that belongs to the Spirit. I claim everything that partakes of its nature. Don't think of this statement as one meditating on a bench, but one who is seeing perhaps hell around them, knowing and holding on to that truth. Holmes, in this thing called you, invites us to imagine a tunnel. And on the other side of that tunnel, you see the place of your divine secrets, the land of milk and honey, the kingdom of heaven, what is highest and best and can be for your life. And where you are on the outside of that tunnel, Holmes invites you to imagine to see desolation. To see what's lacking. To see coronavirus. To see the economy in free fall. And he invites us to walk through that tunnel. And as you walk through that tunnel, he says, it's going to get dark. And you're going to hear voices within yourself. One of those voices is the voice of despair that says, turn around. Things can't get better. Hide. Be afraid. Be afraid. But there's another voice, the voice of divine secrets that reminds us of the truth of who we are, that tells us it's okay to keep walking, even in the unknown, to step into that truth we know in our heart of hearts to be. What is this tunnel, Holmes tells us? It's your own mind. Our mind is the only thing that separates us from that sense of desolation and that rejoicing of the human spirit that comes in all of us living as one together. Have you ever had that experience where something's going really wrong, something's really challenging, but you have within you this deep sense that everything's going to be all right? You're almost afraid to admit it. It's a divine secret. Have you ever had that circumstance where things are tough, things are bad, you're in a great place of unknown, but part of you knows exactly what's taking place that divine guidance system that knows exactly where to tell you to go. And yeah, maybe you can't share it to everyone on Facebook. Yeah, maybe you can't tell folks who who don't understand, but you do have community. There is a part of you that understands and it's important to keep not only telling those divine secrets to yourself, but to recognize that, especially in the, the crisis that we face today, that a bold positivity, a courageous positivity is exactly what we need. This has been an attribute of every great leader in our country. Abraham Lincoln, who would continue to proclaim, even in the midst of the Civil War, we are not enemies, we are friends, to hold to the union, to hold to oneness. Franklin D. Roosevelt and his wife Eleanor would regularly read New Thought or New Thought-related authors to keep them going. During the Great Depression, what did Franklin Roosevelt said? There is nothing to fear, but fear itself. Someone asked Eleanor one time, where did he come up with that? She pointed him to the work in the journals of Henry David Thoreau, who was a mentee of Ralph Waldo Emerson, our philosophical forefather. And Thoreau said, nothing is to be feared so much as fear. Eleanor Roosevelt was famous for keeping all sorts of items in her wallet. One of them was a popular poem inspired by New Thought, by Henry Van Dyke, called Thoughts Are Things. I hold it true that thoughts are things. They've endowed with bodies and breath and wings, and that we send them forth to fill the world with good results or ill. That which we call our secret thought speeds forth to earth's remotest spot, leaving its blessings or its woes like tracks behind as it goes. We build our future thought by thought for good or ill, yet know it not. Yet so the universe was wrought. Thought is another name for fate. Choose then thy destiny and wait. For love brings love and hate brings hate. The Roosevelt's leading our country recognized something important, whether you agreed with their policies or not that the conditions for our country would not change until our thoughts about ourselves changed. Change your thinking, change your life. It isn't just for us as individuals, my friends. It's for us as a nation. It's for us as a people. As we address this challenge, what do we need to change our minds about? What is the truth we need to know about who we are and one another? How can we continue to be healthy? and concerned in the right ways without falling into unhealthy panic? How can we bring joy, even in the face of sorrow, and uplift the hearts of those of us who are just feeling alone, who are sick and suffering, whatever it may be? We can change our minds. We can change our country. We can change our lives. But we're all in this together. I want to share three tips For sharing your divine secrets today. The first tip is to pray. Prayer is how we share our divine secrets. Sometimes we think of prayer as poetic, rosy talk or wishing to God, but I want to tell you that when done purely and truly, prayer is when we find our authentic voice. Prayer is the most intimate form of communication there is. It's when we let everyone go and just be present with God and speak from our heart of hearts and listen to that divine voice as it becomes one with our own as we speak our truth for ourselves and our loved ones. You don't need to do a weird ritual. You can go in your closet. You can take a piece of paper and just start writing down your truths. But pray. Speak the language of your divine secrets. Second, If there is a secret love or care you have for someone, perhaps that you've been in conflict with, now's the time to tell them. If it's not safe, surround them with love. Surround them with light. Tell them at that soul level. I just picked up my phone and texted someone who's bugged me a bit in my life to tell them I'm thinking about them. I love you. I care about you. Now, I might block my number, their number, afterwards. But we can speak from that truth. Don't hold on to that love that you have for others. And lastly, when you don't know what your divine secrets are, listen to the spirit within you. Allow the divine in the heart of your hearts, at that place of the secret place of the Most High within you, whisper to you those divine secrets that perhaps isn't even in the language of words, but in the language of feeling, the language of presence, the language of the truth of your very essence. Allow that to be and become, and we will continue to move to greater and greater places because, my friends, the divine knows how to do nothing else but grow and grow, evolve and evolve, get better and better. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be concerned. But remember what you believe about this life and be a part of it. As part of our closing prayer this morning, I want to read probably my favorite words from Ernest Holmes when I'm in a time of challenge. I invite you wherever you are to close your eyes if you don't mind. In this peace that holds me so gently, I find strength and protection from all fear or anxiety. It is the peace of God in which I feel the love of a holy presence. I am so conscious of this love, this protection, that every sense of fear slips away from me as mist fades in the morning light. I see good in everything. God personified in all people. Life manifest in every event. I'm going to read these prayerful words again, and I'm going to invite you to repeat after me, to whisper these words or shout them, In this peace that holds me so gently, I find strength and protection from all fear or anxiety. It is the peace of God in which I feel the love of a holy presence. I am so conscious of this love, this protection that every sense of fear slips away as mist fades in the morning light. I see good in everything. God personified in all people. Life manifest in every event. So where we are in this mile-high consciousness All over the world today, let's lift up our brothers and sisters. Our animals, our planet, our nature, our river, our streams, especially our doctors, our nurses, our leaders right now. We lift them up. We see the divine in them and we know that even when they don't know what to do, something in them does know what to do. We uplift our own hearts, our own bodies, our own lives No matter where our physical state may be, there is a wellness within that carries us forward that could never be torn asunder. We uplift ourselves and step into not the challenge but the divine opportunities of this moment to become that much more that which we are. Knowing that which we are has all the healing, all the answers, all the truth, all the byproduct of love and prosperity that we need. We allow it to become And let us please say together, and so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.